0: The All right. Hello and welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. Now, we are delighted to be officially partnering up with the Brain Tumour Charity. It's a cause we care deeply about and through our specially dedicated podcasts, uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses, fundraising events and generating awareness, we'll all be moving further and faster to help every single person affected by a brain tumour. For more details on how you can help, just check the link in the podcast description or head to thebraintumourcharity.org. This season, we're delighted to be teaming up with Grid Rival. Now, if your football mates are constantly going on about their fantasy leagues, well, now you can get your own back and create your own racing fantasies. Thanks to Grid Rival, including F1 and MotoGP, you can select your own team and drivers, interact with other fans and join or create your own league. Leagues where you can trade on the go to make sure you have the ultimate lineup for each race. If you're as obsessive about motorsport as we are, make sure you get set up on GridRival today. Head to their website, it's gridrival.com, or download their app from your app store. 2021 leagues go live in February, so now is the perfect time to strategize and make sure you get a jump start by downloading the app and getting notified for when they do as the motorsport season begins to ramp up.
1: Hello everyone, Tim Sylvie here. Now before we introduce today's guest, I need to head south and slightly east to Essex, the land where the first ever hot and cold drinks dispenser was invented in Saffron Walden in 1696 by Henry Winstanley, a notable local inventor who actually is more famous for building the original Eddystone Lighthouse that same year. Mr. Winstanley has a sculpture garden in his honour that still stands today in Piccadilly in London. However, we are not here to talk about interesting dispensers. No, we're here first of all to introduce my co Host and colleague Harry Benjamin, how are you? I'm
0: very well, thank you. You know, this is probably the one podcast where Essex facts ha- have actually some more relevance than they normally do, and we'll reveal that when we re- introduce mm, our guest. Yes, indeed. Um, but apart from that, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I've actually decided to become TikTok famous. Um, so <laughs> yes. Nearly a hundred thousand views. So uh, in one post. Oh, wait. So
1: in th- one post. This I know, is mental. So we, Harry started doing TikTok, and um, we share those TikToks on our Instagram Reels which is a new feature that Instagram have rolled out. And as of time of recording, it it has 95,000 views and thousands of comments. So by the time this is released, it'll probably be over 100,000, which is ridiculous for our first ever Instagram reel. So well done, you.
0: It's the most basic thing as well. I just don't understand it. But hey, if it makes me, I bet that'll make me, what, £1.52 probably um, in in
1: profit. But hey, every little helps. Um, Shall I introduce today's guest? Yeah, let's do it. So today we're joined by Alex Lynn, who becomes our latest Formula E guest and completes our Mahindra landslide after we also interviewed his season 7 teammate Alexander Sims and of course his new boss, Dilbag Gill, who did very well incidentally in our quiz. He's a man who's excelled in single seaters and sports cars, he's an endurance racer who can count the famous Le Mans and Nürburgring 24 hours within his ample achievements. He's reached the very top of all electric racing competing in Formula E where he now resides as we said with Mahindra. He's a former Former GP3 champion, winning by a record margin, GP2 multiple race winner, and has the rare pleasure of being a development driver in Formula One for Williams. To top it all off, much like my bearded colleague, he's also from Essex. Alex Lynn, welcome to the Motormouth podcast.
2: Thank you very much, guys. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Like two Essex lads on there.
1: Yeah, it's not. Whereabouts in
0: Essex are you from?
2: Uh, a little town called Dunmo. It's just. Uh, over oh. you
0: know Is that like? I think that's more proper. That's proper Essex. I always feel like I'm in the sort of I'm in the Towey end of Essex. You know, like Loughton and places like that. That's where uh, I'm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, i say t- I used to hang out there a lot when I was younger. Um, oh. I went to school in in Harlow of all places. But yeah. then uh, not this in Harlow. But um, <laughs> no, I had a lot of mates who like we hung out in um, in Chigwell
0: in Loughton and. FN, oh and yeah, I went like, to yeah. school in Chigwell. Okay, so what school did you go to? Chigwell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, mad. Well, there we go. We could talk about Essex, but no, we won't. Um, well, first of all, we, we covered off the Where's home, so we've done that. Um, but let's do the lockdown life. Uh, it's a question we always ask. Everyone is experiencing, obviously, a bit differently. I suppose you've been able to get out a little bit for, for Formula E towards the back of the last year, but we're back in another lockdown as we record this. How have you uh, how Have you been navigating it all, your end? I mean, it's, uh,
2: it's all pretty pretty boring isn't it let's be fair uh first lockdown i went back to essex i went back to see my family we quickly drove each other up the wall (laughs) so i um moved back to london uh where i currently am now but like you said it's it's a bit weird because we can still go and work in the sim and go to the factory when we need to uh i was still able to train um in the gym with my trainer so that's really lucky as well so in fairness like most people you're still allowed to work just not have any fun i guess That's yeah the long, long short
1: of it yeah it's pretty rubbish isn't it the whole thing but let's not dwell on blooming yeah. coronavirus yeah. so <laughs> let's rewind and go right back to the start where, where did this motorsports um bug come from if you like where where did it where did it all hinge is it is it in the family where did it all start
2: i guess the answer is sort of it was in the family so when i started i started racing motocross that was my first love um, and my dad did that. Um,
1: from, Mot- motocross as in, uh, as in motorbikes, yeah, yeah. So, so like proper off road dirt biking, um, that's what um, we uh, Blundell did. Was it Mark Blundell? He did it as well, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. He, and actually, my first dream was to go and race supercross in America. So, when I was really young, that's what I really wanted to do. Um, and then somehow it switched, you know, like it always does, you go to your local go kart track, try that out, and I think, um. By some mistake, my dad decided me to get me a go kart for Christmas. It was a second-hand uh, Yamaha zip car. and um, oh, wow. the rest is history. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of years later, we are where we are now. Um,
0: so a logical yeah. path from there to Formula E. Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well. So F1 was never on the cards then initially, or you know, because that's that's often the aim for a lot of young racing yeah. drivers, isn't it? And, and obviously things like Formula E probably weren't really they weren't didn't exist then. So what was it F1? When was it F1? Well,
2: I, I guess as soon as I started karting mm. seriously, then it was. Um, well, I mean, I guess yeah, you've always got a little bit of a dream of going to F1 when you're in karting. But I think the first time I really um, thought, okay, I could I could do this, was uh, when I won the British Formula Renault Championship. Mm. Um, that was sort of the first thing that thought okay this could have a chance
1: here and you yeah, won you that won. by a canter didn't you I mean that was ridiculous winning yeah. 12 out of 20 race starts did, did you just think holy crap this is a piece of cake this this is easy
2: <laughs> um, that that was that was a pretty cool year um, but I guess we were just in a bit of a group and it's ne- it never feels like that you know and you say it every single New Year's Eve it's like every, this year's the biggest year and it always is next race is always the biggest one um and i guess that won't stop until till you retire but um yeah no that that was a cool year but that like i said that was the first time i really thought okay this could
1: be this could be okay but your parents were thinking oh god here we go is it this is this is remortgage the house time forget the bank balance is this this has got disaster written all over it
2: i uh, luckily that day or oh, that year i um i got signed up by Mercedes to go to Formula 3. So actually sort of the success helped out quite a bit. Um so that helped out quite a lot really with um, with the like you said those issues and actually ever since then I've managed to stay on a program since then. So that was cool.
0: And then making your up, you know, making your way up through through the ranks, and then you are sort of steadily progressing towards towards Formula One, going through. You know, we we talk about oh, you did Macau as well in 2013, GP3, and absolutely smashed that championship. What was it like winning the title in GP3, and obviously under the eyes of so many important people?
2: Yes, uh, like you said, actually those 12 months, um, I managed to within 12 months, I managed to win the Macau Grand Prix, sign with Red Bull a week later, and then. In that time, win GP3. Um, I got my first F1 test as well. So actually, yeah, that was that was a pretty crazy 12 months. Um, and sort of, I guess sometimes drivers do go through a, a little bit of a golden patch when they can't do any wrong. Um, that was sort of my my time, and mm. yeah, that was cool. But obviously, at that moment, that was like, okay, now uh, you you actually at that moment you believe it's going to happen. Right? Yeah. It's like in no part of you do you think you're not. Going to go all the way at that moment.
0: Um, Can you talk to us yeah. a bit about how it was being a part of that Red Bull Junior program? Because we've had, you know, way back to when we've had Corin Chandock on the show who spoke about his experiences, Brendan Hartley and his sort of turbulent time with Red Bull in and out, in mm. and out. How have you sort of, how did you find your experience with with them and, and their driver management scheme?
2: Um, I personally loved it, and the re- the reason why was uh, I was I was in and out in a year. Um, but even though I won my championship. But to be fair, I I did understand because that was the year that... um, So there's only three of us on the junior team that year. It was me, Carlos Sainz and Pierre Gasly. And that year, me and Carlos both won our respective championships. He won World Series and Pierre finished second in that. So there was a bit of... um, Shall I say, there was a difficult year to be in the junior team. Mm, Um, And that year was the year that uh, they signed Max Verstappen to go straight to F1. Uh, <laughs> so I remember where I was when, like, to the day where Helmut called me up and said, yeah, uh, Max Verstappen's going to F1. I was oh, like, OK, well, that is what it is. Um, but actually, in general, what was so cool about Red Bull was, for the first time, you do realise that if you do go and do what you want to do, which was always to win, the chance will open up. Um, and that, you know, there's, there's nothing... I, how can I describe it? There's no, there's nothing that really lights that fire inside you with knowing that your dreams are fully possible now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing that really lights that inner mm-hmm. desire to go and win quite like that. Yeah. Um, as, you know, I was quite a lot younger then. So being a young guy, there's, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world, actually, just every single moment you wake up, it's only dedicated to, to performance. Your whole life is wrapped around that. And that was a really, really cool uh, Cool time in
1: my life, actually. It's um, <clears throat> to Harry's point. I think with with Karoon, <clears throat> excuse me. He said uh, when we asked him about it, he was like, "Well, it's a great program if you perform. It's so all you got to do. You just got to perform, and you'll be a success with Red Bull. The only people who don't plow forward the Red Bull are the ones who don't perform. It's a very simple formula. Um, so you know, kind of makes sense when you think about it. And like you say, you were going through this this sort of purple period at the time. The the F one test. Tell us about that and how that came about. And also I've asked a few people this. It's interesting to get different perspectives on it. What was your emotion or the feelings that you, you experienced the first time you drove an F1 car?
2: So that came around. It wasn't, it was in a Lotus. Um, It wasn't actually in a, in a Red Bull car or a Torossa car. Um, So yeah, it was after the GP3 last round in Abu Dhabi, Uh, we wrapped up the championship in qualifying. Um, So yeah, we had two good races, nothing... Uh, you know, but my head was a bit like, you know, okay, I've, I've done what I need to do. Um, and then it was Sunday evening, very late in the evening. Um, I got, in for, got asked, you know, what's your plans over the next two days? And I was staying to go and do the GP2 test in, like, in Abu Dhabi the next, next few days, but after the F1 test. And um, subsequently got invited um to drive the Lotus for half a day which was really last minute wasn't planned um, I shared the day with Esteban Ocom and yeah I managed to get the, the evening the night the night running which was really cool and to describe it is it, it is as cool as you think I mean it's the, the moment you've been dreaming of um, and to get to get the chance and everything is so cool um, and obviously that that year that Lotus wasn't particularly um, fast it yeah. was the the twin, like, I guess oh, the twin God. Tusk uh, car. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. yeah. That, that was... the
2: 14 Ma- yeah. Was, yeah, Matthew yeah. Carter era, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it grows you on a Maldonado with the drivers. Yeah. Um, and I was in, in Madden chassis, I think. Um, but, yeah, what was really cool, it was a nice moment when, you know, you give your initial feedback and you're trying to be really professional. You know, the team's like, okay, so um, how would you describe the balance? And obviously the car was, that year, not, not a great one. It, I said, oh, it's mega. <laughs> and that's... And actually, to be fair, it was nice because I think everyone, because like, I think that they'd had like a, they'd had a long year. And I think for someone just to really come of say, that was mega. Yeah. Fantastic. I think that was like, quite a nice way to end, end that season. Obviously, a, a great feeling for me as well. And it did. It did feel mega because obviously it's a Formula 1 the, um Everything is built to some, you know someone's perfection. Yeah. Uh, and it did feel awesome.
0: So I, cool. It wasn't the end of the road though for you and, and your relationship with F1 just yet despite also you know coming out of the <laughs> Red Bull program because you then joined not long after the Williams program and becoming a development driver talk to us about your journey to, to Williams and, and how you look back at, at your, your time there Yeah that was a really
2: actually a big part of my
0: life um, a big part of my
2: career so I was still technically with Red Bull at the time because we were still oh, like umming and ahhing about what's going to happen um, will I stay or not um, and then I got a chance to, to go to, to Williams and so I had to uh, ask Helmet. I said look I'm I'm gonna go well is it okay and he's like yeah yeah okay we would already discussed it uh that there was you know that was the way it needed to go so that was uh I managed to sign for Williams and at that moment they were on it obviously also on a really strong patch that just finished third in the constructors with the 2014 car um and I think they were looking really seriously like what what can we do now with really drink, um, bringing a young driver on and I was lucky enough that I got the got the nod and actually then for the next two years of my life it fully consumed me I swiftly left Essex to move to Oxford got myself a little flat and almost daily I was in the simulator um traveled to a lot of events um got quite a few track tests in the car which was really special um and yeah that, that was like my real um the time in Formula 1 where I like actually really um, was immersed shall I say
1: yeah Mm. and then um, let's talk Formula E where we find you now when did that championship first register on your radar
0: before you answer that can I just say that I've really pulled out the starts today and thanks to Formula E supplying the the free hoodie Uh, really appreciate that as as a commiseration prize for not getting uh, all the way to the end of that bloody talent call (laughs) they sent me a Formula (laughs) E hoodie (laughs) So uh, I thought, seeing as we have a Formula E driver for today's show, I thought I'd better, better uh, get it out. Did you get anything else? Merch. Oh, yeah, I got a nice... They could send you a whole like goodie box of stuff. You got a little model car, a notebook, yeah. Oh. Got a nice... Some, some hashtag merch. We'll, we'll, we'll need to do some of that. Oh. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Formula E, they're getting a hell of a hashtag ad out of this. <laughs> um, yeah, Alex, how's... Yeah, Formula E for you, when did it come on the radar? That first
2: came on my radar in... 2016, I tested oh. for Jaguar. Uh, I think that was at the start of season three for them. 2016,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I get confused by their seasons. Yeah, that's they've right. Both, they've used
2: both they years and the dates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no,
1: that sounds right.
2: The first season of Jaguar competing, I was involved in a little bit of testing with them. So that was the first time that, um, that came on my radar.
1: And did you think that's really cool or that's really crap because a lot of people when it first came around were, were like what is, what on earth is this did you think there's an opportunity here let's let's look into this more what were your first thoughts
2: uh, I think most people would be would be lying if they said they really could see where it is now you know when it started I think in the end I don't think any of us were, were clever enough to <clears throat> to see where it was going to go me included uh, but to be fair it's rapid rise and the manufacturers involved, I think as a racing driver, you always want to be involved with big manufacturers. Yeah. You want to represent the, the biggest brands and the coolest brands. Um, and certainly when I got the chance to test for Jag, that that was obviously a really cool brand yeah. um, and something that I would really wanted to try and do. Uh, so from then on, really, I was like, this is a really cool championship. You know, things are happening here. Yeah, if I got the chance to come here, I would, uh, I'd be really happy.
1: And, and in 2017, was that the year that you were dovetailing with WEC, with Aston Martin? Yes. So how, yeah. how's that for a, I mean, jumping from a Formula E single seater, all electric car into an Aston Martin sports car, how do you manage that? Is that an easy thing for you to do or is it difficult to jump from one to the other?
2: Um, I think at the start I found it actually a little bit tougher than I did in the end um, because also they were like two big programs, you know, Aston Martin is a factory program. And then when I was a virgin, that was a, you know, a big operation. Um, so I think it, it does, it does pull on your, um, your own resources, if you know what I mean, you know, your mental resources and uh, your time commitments and stuff. So I think for sure, um, I had to get used to it, but in terms of driving that that wasn't really an issue because they were like so far apart in driving mm-hmm. technique that once you slipped into the other car, you would plug and play, really. Uh, for me, the biggest thing getting used to it was just the commitment to being part of two really big racing programs and, um, yeah, just the mental capacity that has to go into that.
0: And, and with Formula E, I mean, you had a, a pretty, a pretty, Good start to uh, your Formula E career, didn't you? When you when you hopped in the the uh, Virgin, it was New York, wasn't it? The, the double header at New York, and you stuck it on pole. W- w- was that you know? Did you expect that? Because a lot of people you see in Formula E when new drivers come in, you kind of either sink or swim, and, and it's are difficult cars. You've really got to get your head around them to begin with. But you you clearly were straight out of the bat on top of it.
2: Yeah, I um I wouldn't say I expected it, but I did ex- I did expect to be fast because I was lucky enough that we're done bit of testing a lot in the sim and i would had like a big preparation because I was a reserve driver for that Mm. year um so i had done a lot of stuff in the background so I guess I I I was also very determined to be um to sort of make a surprise if you know what I mean like you said no no one really expects that but I think there was quietly within within the Virgin Mm. team we're like okay we do actually think we can go and do something it was a new track for everyone new location Um, I'd been quick in testing in the car. So I was like, okay, cool. I think we can do something. And Mm. I think we managed to do that, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Was that the the same time that Gasly joined for like a one-off race? Yeah, And then he like, he crashed, but still managed to finish P4 or something like that.
2: Yeah. But he was really quick on the second day. Like,
0: I think he he went to Super pole,
2: and I think... May, I think maybe messed up the Super Bowl lab, but it was like purple, purple in the first two. So, like, should have been on pole on day two. Like, he
0: was really quick. Yeah. Well, what is, when you look at the amount of drivers who have either you know done seasons or one-off drives in Formula E, it's, it's mad how many how many have done it and then you know all from all walks of, of the motorsport world. Um, but then, sort of, your relationship sort of came to an end. But you managed to bounce back into Formula E at the end of last season with Mahindra, and then obviously dovetailing with other, other bits as well. How's that been for you coming out of the DS version and then going on?
2: Yeah, I mean, actually, I've been in and out twice now. I came back yeah. in with Jag, and then I back in with, with Mahindra.
0: Um, you lose track um, after a while. Yeah, I'm
2: really <laughs> trying to stop being the Sam Allardyce of Formula
0: E. That's really, yeah. I knew you tested with Jag, and I was like, oh, as I was saying Mahindra, I was like, no crap, he's yeah, definitely yeah. raced with someone else as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sam Allardyce of Formula E. There is definitely uh, memes in there somewhere. We've got to no, go. No, no, don't, don't start that
2: because I'm trying desperately to <laughs> squash that. Yeah. Um, no I mean it's, it's. I've been trying really hard to come back full time um, and every it, it is hard to um, come in mid season and score good points but to be fair both times now with Jag and Mahindra I managed to do it um, so I felt very unlucky actually in the year with Jag we, we were on for a really good finish in New York and car broke down unfortunately but yeah, now coming back into Mahindra full time I think now I feel very comfortable mm. to have a really good season actually I think we've got a very strong car um, so now yeah. We want to put everything to
0: practice. Find that you're definitely Alex and your teammate is Alexander and there's absolutely no it can't be called <laughs> anything else. I mean I've called him many things, but <laughs> <laughs> well, one one of our briefs when we had uh, Mr. Sims on the show was that he's definitely Alexander. Do not
1: call him Alex.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's um
0: that's definitely a-
2: where
1: we're at these days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel like uh, Mahindra's got to be our team for season seven, Harry. We've we've had the full complement on now. you have got the- both drivers. We've had g- uh, Dilbag on, who's who's a serious character. So I think we're definitely going to have to be cheering on the uh, the two Brits in uh, in season seven. Um, is it is it possible, Alex, for you to to set any expectations for season seven? I think
2: I think honestly, in Mahindra, we're quietly confident and. I feel. I I think. What I like about myself and Mahindra being together right now is we there's a deep hunger from both sides to achieve what we haven't already achieved and believe what we what we should achieve. And that is to win trophies, uh, score big points. Um, and yeah, to be honest, we want to be challenging to try and win races. Um, you know where that leaves us in the championship, I don't know. But certainly, I'll be disappointed if we don't pick up a few trophies this year. That that honestly yeah. is where where we want to be fighting and where I do believe we we should be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks quite promising in in uh, in pre season. Were you were you already friends or knew or had worked with Alexander before, previously, or is this the first time you you've paired up?
2: No, we. The first time we'd ever drew uh sort of I did the Nurburgring Green twenty four hours with um he was in BMW and I was in BMW but he was in rover racing, I was in Schnitzer. But to be honest, we've known each other for a while. I raced against each other in Formula Three and stuff. Um so yeah, actually we've known we've known of each other for a while. Um we got on well.
0: A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors Grid Rival. Grid Rival is an absolute must for any racing fan. I've been looking to join fantasy motorsport leagues for ages and Grid Rival does that and so much more with an experience like no other. Real-time fantasy games, the best content and a community of fans. Grid Rival is a must for 2021. Get ready for the motorsport season with Grid Rival today. Fantasy Leagues go live in February but make sure sure you head to their website, gridrival.com, or download their app from your app store so you're in pole position for when they do.
1: And is the the relationship, I'm curious about the the inter-team relationships between the drivers, obviously in Formula One, it can be super competitive unless you're Lance... Um, sorry, unless, not Lance Stroll unless you're Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz um, it, it can, people can butt heads very quickly and very easily is it exactly the same in Formula E or is there a, it just somehow feels like there's a bit more sharing a bit more openness between the two drivers is that fair to say?
2: Um, I think, I mean, it is in all, all I mean, even down in karting you know, you need to beat your teammate I mean, it goes without saying I think, though, the mark of a good driver pairing is one where it goes without saying when the helmet's on and the visor's down, you'll do anything to beat each other. Mm. That, that has to go without saying. But when it's off, you know, we're all old enough and ugly enough to know that without each other working together, we won't get to beat everyone else. So that bit, I think, is the where it needs to come to because, um, obviously, the competition is, it, of course, you need to beat the other one. That, mm. that's, that's the first thing.
0: Would you say that having you know coming up through the ranks and, and worked in Formula One as well, we you know it's always remembered almost as an afterthought thought that yes, it's also a team sport. It's not you know just just about the drivers. Would would you say that Formula E actually more than other motorsport categories is actually really reliant on on being a team more so than perhaps you know F one might be on the face of it?
2: I, I do believe so, actually, because you are so reliant on um, everyone doing their job, uh, but also. There's a large part of when the car starts to race. You are so reliant on the information that other people have loaded into the car, um, and you, you really have to trust it uh, 100% of what's gone on. But the only way you do that is by building trust and building uh, friendships, even um, during the season, but also in pre-season. You know, long, long days in the simulator, really gelling as a team um, mm-hmm. and with your race engineer, because he, in the end, your race engineer is the team captain. And he's got to try and orchestrate the whole team or your your car crew with the best result after the forty five minutes plus one lap. And to do that, it takes so many moving pieces. And at one point, a bit. My job is just to drive as fast as I can and to execute what we've talked about. And there is so many people in the background that have to program everything else in yeah. the car to do what it should do. Um, so yeah, I think Formula E is by far the category I've competed in the most, where it's reliant on. The whole team working
0: as a complete unit. And and actually, as you've raced, you know, previously E, as we've alluded to a couple a couple of times on and off, you've you've experienced both generations of the car, um, or Gen One and Gen Two. First of all, how's how's that change been for you having raced both? But also, more importantly, do you miss jumping in and out of the cars um, halfway through a race?
2: <laughs> no, I don't, because I think being <laughs> quite a bit taller is. is uh, yes. Well, it, how it, tall it was, are you? Uh, six one
0: oh, that's not, yeah, that's, that's hard. Good height.
2: Yeah, it, w- it wasn't ideal. <laughs> um, I don't, to be honest, I don't miss the Gen 1 car. The Gen 2 car is a huge step. Um, yeah. Like, it's a it's a proper racing car now in a sense of it does things, it does exactly what you want it to. Um, they,
1: they look
0: as well, you know, they look like beasts yeah. when you just see a, yeah. a picture of them or anything like that. Yeah, they look yeah, good. No, it's
2: a, it's a proper race car now, the Gen 2. So for me, yeah, that's uh, that was a big step up. And also the enjoyment went up a lot when we, when we got that car as well. That was
1: really cool. And you, you mentioned at the the top of the show that you you've been able to go into the factory a little bit and and continue with some sort of normality. Um, Dilbag Gill, he's a hoot. We've had him on the show. He was loads of fun. What's it? Have you had much interaction with him? Is that been possible? And, and how's it been working with him?
2: Yeah, I actually just got off the phone with him like a couple of hours ago. We had a nice little chat. Um, no, I've had great fun with Dilbag. I think ever since I joined the team, I was I was uh, super happy to be here, and I'm very impressed of how because it's a big team now. Mm. You know, we've got a big big factory, big facility, and it's um, but it's funny how no matter who you are with in the team, there isn't a day that doesn't end where you your jaw isn't um, you know, tired because you've been laughing and smiling. You know, everyone everyone's having a good time, obviously, whilst having a deep determination to win. Uh, but that's testament to. The deal bag and the team's ethos to, to inst- instill that, um, you know, the camaraderie and the and the friendliness that the team has.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he was good value. Seemed like a, a nice chap to work for. Now we're going to interrupt proceedings because um, there comes a point in every podcast that we do where we we challenge our guests to a little quiz. And actually, deal bag did incredibly well. Um, so uh, I'll hand over to Harry to introduce our um, very challenging motor mouth quiz. Over to you, old boy. <laughs> Yes, Alex Lynn,
0: welcome to Motor Mouths, the hardest quiz in motorsport because the rules vary depending on how we're feeling and (laughs) the questions change every single time we have a show. But you should uh, bear reasonably well because all the questions are about or related to you or something you are familiar with. Now, there are 14 points up for grabs. If you get 14 or perhaps half a point more, if we're feeling generous, you will go to the top of the leaderboard. Uh, But also, it means you tie with... Your teammate, Alexander Sims, and Dil Baggill. So there's really no point in looking at anybody else on the leaderboard no. because those are the two you've got to beat and they're at the top of the leaderboard. Okay. Um, so you've really got to pull it, pull it out of the bag. Are you ready for your first question? Of course I am. Yeah. Now, your first question is actually a clip that we're going to play you. So have a listen to it and then uh, think about what's going on, what's happening, where and when.
1: Here we go. Clip number one. And Lynn is
0: through that might be contact, and it is in a big way. Lynn and Sorokin making contact into the first chicane. Yeah, thanks, guys. You're welcome <laughs> for that one. It's number one when you type Alex Lynn into YouTube. So uh... <laughs> he now hates <laughs> Tell us.
1: That's what's this. going on there.
2: And that was me outbreaking myself ever so slightly in uh, in Monza, 2015.
1: Correct, correct. Is that one of those moments where you you're just you hit the brakes and you just think, oh no, here we go.
2: What happened there? To be honest, that was one where uh, I was running third or race, and we made and it was in the feature race. We made the pit stop and. Stoffel van Dorn had already pitted a couple of laps before, so he got a slight undercut on us. But to be fair, we knew that his pace that day wasn't that great. Pierre was in the lead and shooting off into the distance, but he had a drive shaft failure on the pit exit. So then I've made my stop and caught the back of Stoffel, like, really nicely. Um, (laughs) I think Sorokin maybe got the jump on us as well or something like that. But I, I felt comfortable with the pace and I was on the DRS, and um, I think there was a back marker as well, and I tried to do both of them. And, you know, a situation where you
0: look back and think, how
2: good did you really think
0: you were that day? <laughs> oh, that, I mean, you've described it perfectly there, But and the good news is now that that's a full three points for you. So it's a very, right. very strong start. Um, you've beaten Karun Chandhok already. <laughs> yeah, poor <old laughs> Karun. So, uh, right, let's move on. It's another clip for you. Have a listen. Same rules apply. Here we go. Alex, what can we say? Congratulations. Well Brilliant. Well done. That's all you get. So who's talking to you and what are they congratulating you about? That was, was it Ted Kravitz? It was. Yes. Correct. There is someone else there as well. Johnny? Yes. Well done. Correct. And what are they congratulating you about? I think that was
2: for winning GP3, that one.
0: Yep. Smashed it. Yeah. Four hours of three points in the bag. Okay. Okay. Um, now, that's the clips done um, because I've, they've just sort of dried up after that. Uh, you're not Fair very you're not, you're not very vocal on the old team radio. Uh, <laughs> no, I know, I know, yeah. That's, that's a bit, if you could be a bit more vocal this season, that'd be great because it gets a nice yeah. juicy clips for the game. Um, okay, question three. Now, here's where it probably gets a bit difficult. Um, can you tell us in which positions you finished each of the last six Berlin Formula E races? If you can get half of them, I'll be... I'll, I'll award you two out of three points. Generous. Okay. It was
2: eighth. Correct. Was yep. the last one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, fifth.
0: Correct. Second to last. Ninth.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: Now you're at the point, it el- el- gets el- a bit hazy. Eleventh.
1: Eleventh, <laughs> yeah. Correct.
0: Yes. Two more. I want to say fourteenth and eighteenth for oh. the next one. Oh uh, no, but I'm gonna give you two and a half points. I was missing twelfth place and seventeenth for the first and third. Okay. So not right. too I'm gonna to give you two and a half on that one, because that was pretty yeah. good <laughs> recollection. Um, okay. Now here's another tough one for you. I like this one. Can you name every driver who has ever raced for Mahindra in Formula E since season one? Again, if you can get I'm looking for one, two I'm looking for seven drivers. If you can get four, I'll give you two points.
2: I reckon, I'll, I, reckon I can make it. Um, so it starts with Karun and Bruno.
1: Correct. Karun and Bruno, yes.
2: Um, and then Nick
0: Heidfeld. Yeah. yeah. And Bruno stayed, I think. He did stay. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. But you don't count him again. So you've got Chandok yeah. okay, Senna. Yeah, yeah. Chandok Senna Oliver Rowland's in there somewhere. Obviously yes, he is. I thought yeah. you wouldn't get that one. Yep. Yeah, he had a one-off. He had a one-off. And
2: then... So then Felix Rosenquist. Correct. Yes. How many is that?
0: That's, That's six. You're missing, you're missing two. Two more, yeah. So then Jerome... Yep. one more Pascal. Ah, yeah, there we go full house, full that's, it house. That's, it. that's it full three points doing very well indeed for a bonus point though can you tell me in which season did Mahindra achieve their best championship position of third in the final standings season three he's got it straight out of the back correct Brilliant. that is yeah. one bonus point in the back now yeah uh, right the he did you the
1: math trouble is half a point makes a massive difference because our leaderboard is so ridiculously long now
0: it but- is I know and it's a real shame it's a real shame Alex you know I'm going to make it 13 because you're from Essex because <laughs> uh, you got <laughs> you've got 12 points I'll add an extra one for being from Essex 13 puts you uh, second, just behind oh. your teammate and boss, Dilbag Gill and Alexander Sims. So that's not bad. Yeah. That's a Mahindra triple row lockout. That's not too shabby. Okay. shabby. We'll take it, we'll take it. Uh,
1: that is prove a, prove it. That is a positive sign for the uh, the season ahead. Well done, you. Yeah. Now, uh, listen, outside of our quiz, obviously, um, is, is there a particular highlight in your career that really stands out? We've talked about some of your, your high points and obviously winning GP3 at such a margin and so on. But can you pinpoint one part of your career that really stands out as your, your most celebrated from a personal perspective?
2: Um, for me, I think it still is, um, winning Macau in 2013, uh, just from what it meant for my career and the trajectory it took after that, uh, really did change quite a lot for me. Um, and can you Plus, describe
0: a bit what Macau, you know, what that race is like for someone who may not know it? Because obviously it's, it's, it's a highlight of the race calendar and it's such a unique event.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously as a, as a track, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So Macau is a place, um, for those who don't know is, um, it's a small island off of mainland China. Um, I believe it's the only place in Asia or like the, it's, it's, it's a bit of the Asian version of Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think there's a crazy stat that Macau in its gambling in the in, in the casinos turns over like two or three times what Las Vegas does every year. Like serious, Ow, serious news. money. Um it's a huge place um for basically going there and having a bit of fun. Um and the circuit is nuts. It's um yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen it, the circuit's crazy. It's got a really long straight with a couple of kinks, which is pretty easy flat in a Formula 3 car. And then the mountain section, which is exactly what it is. It goes up and down a big uh, big mountain in, in the city, uh, which is very tight and twisty, but super cool. Um, but w- what makes the, the race so special is it's it's the culmination of the Formula 3 year. It's always when, back then, it was the British championship, the European, the Japanese German Championship all came together to race in one field um, and duke it out to be I think it's like the Formula 3 World Cup winner what it was officially called Um, and yeah it was just a big blue ribbon race for us but it was always the one that a lot of people looked at to see who would who would win that Um, and yeah I was was lucky that the the, the grid that year was pretty strong with some cool names um, and it managed to give me a little bit of 15 minutes
1: of fame yeah it's it's a great one to have on your cv it's it's a mad track as you say that that's where um sophia f- uh, flourish 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 had that horrific which she flew through the air do you remember harry and she, yeah, she I, remember, yeah. and I think she crashed into like a commentary box or something like that it was an unbelievable crash um and now let's move on to some some of our more highbrow questioning um alex um any hidden talents anything you're particularly good at outside of driving a race car uh, oh he's struggling look he's, silence he's, is deafening he's genuinely struggling I think
2: I, think, uh, I like I like a lot of sport I do like a lot of sport any any sport I'd bank myself in to be honest actually other than golf golf's not my thing
1: what about yeah. um, what about racket sports you any good at racket sports
2: I love a bit of racket sport. I love tennis
1: do you play squash
2: I do play squash. It's not my. It's probably third after badminton and tennis.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it out there that um. I I need a. I need a squash challenge. So any racing drivers, Alex or others, if you're up for a game of squash after lockdown, just let me up. I I need a challenge. I I back myself at squash. I feel like I I reckon I could beat most people who aren't professional at squash. I'm just putting it out there. Just chucking it out. See where that squash ball lands.
0: No one's going to answer that. But. I don't know, I don't know, like, it's, I, I don't back down really. I ah, you see, these
1: racing drivers, they're a competitive breed, you see. No, it's,
2: it's hard not to, not to take you out
1: to it. I feel, a, uh, I feel a Motormouth video coming on. Um, Recorded live, yeah. This live a squash match between me and Alex Lin, see how we get on.
0: Actually, you, you had the football on earlier, are you, are you an Arsenal supporter? I am, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, that's 14 points for you then. Um, yeah, yeah. So you go straight to the top. So you're welcome <laughs> for that one. Um, <laughs> top of the leaderboard. Great. Well, carrying on with So I assume you... F- f- was was being a football player ever on the cards? No, I was never really that
2: good. Um, okay. I mean, to be honest, if you'd have seen me in the school playground, obviously I was
0: Thierry Henry. Um, yeah, weren't we all? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, no, I was always in goal. Thierry Henry. six-foot-five kid is he's always going to be the one in goal. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now, we've done Hidden Talents, uh, sort of. Um, what are you awful at? Like, just terrible?
2: Singing, artistic, anything artistic, drawing, uh, singing, anything like uh, dancing. Uh, yeah, I feel that that is really, yeah, I need to really step away from the dance
1: floor. <laughs> Step away from the Not dance I'm
0: going to see you on
2: Strictly anytime soon. Oh, <laughs> God, no, that is... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd embarrass myself. In front
1: of the- <laughs> um, I've got to ask this one because it went down so um, frankly, brilliantly with, um, with one of our last guests. Um, if, if you were an animal, what would you be and why? And the only reason I bring bringing this question out again is because um, we, we had it with um, one of our previous um, guests and, uh, and it turned out she, she would be a cow because as Harry enlightened me, they, they, They sort of become attached to you, and you can cuddle them and lie down with them and have a little snuggle. Is is there a particular animal you you would see yourself as? I like that you're thinking about this, by the way.
0: Now, contractually, you're not allowed to say jaguar, I presume. (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) I imagine that's so funny. (laughs) That would be so. If a jaguar driver goes, that would be
2: terrible. Yeah, yeah. My favourite animal is an orangutan.
1: Oh, very good, very good, very good. Orangutan. Uh, have you ever met one in real life, Borneo or something like that? I
2: tell you what, it, it's a bit of a dream of mine to go see them in uh, in Borneo. Um, I sponsored one in Colchester Zoo. Actually.
1: Well done, very admirable. For a while, well done. Yep. They are cool nice. creatures. They are cool creatures, and that Borneo is the place to go and see them. I think it's called Sepilok or something like that. There's a there's a, an orangutan sanctuary, um, and it is um, amazing. I went there years ago. Um, I, did. I did, yeah. It, it is actually amazing. Um, but it, but the only thing is with it that it's um, you sort of think you're going into the the jungle, at which you are. But it is very much a tourist attraction. You know, they they're kind of wild, uh, but not really. Um, okay. But um, but still, they are amazing creatures to see. They're they're freaking huge. Um, but um, that's a good one. I like that one. We've had a cow and an orangutan. That's, that's superb. Um, sl- slightly more serious question for you: any any, um, any hero- who, who was your hero growing up? Was it a racing driver? Was it someone else? Was it someone in your family? Did you did you have someone that you really idolised? Uh,
2: I would say the two people I did was my father and Michael Schumacher in a racing sense. Um, for me, I like. I, I, but I think I like loads of. I think people in my gen- or young young drivers in, in my generation would, would probably say Michael because I think when we were growing up he was dominating everything. But for me it was that the way he dominated. It was just there was something so cool about his ruthlessness and you know never never giving up. And for me that that was something that I really uh, loved watching. Um, yeah, so I'd say those two, my dad and Michael Schumacher.
0: Nice, Very awesome. nice. Now we'll uh, we end all of our shows with uh, with a final three questions that we ask to all our guests. It's just quite nice to um, to see how how everybody answers. Um, so shall I kick off Tim or do you yep, want to take Yeah, the first yeah, go one? for it, go for it. Uh, so Alex, what's got you excited at this very moment in time? I'm for me, um, I mean for me it's that is really exciting.
2: I mean obviously given everything that's going on, I feel very lucky that I'm someone who has really just got a goal in mind and can just focus on something um given all of the noise that goes on around us. Uh, I do feel really excited about that and then I do realize I'm lucky to to have that such, such a focus and something so cool to be able to focus on.
1: Yeah. no good answer and it's hugely exciting. Um if not doing what you're doing, what do you think you would be doing?
2: Um I do believe I'd love to be involved in sport in any way. Um, I was never really that good at school or didn't listen really at school. So from my side, it needed to try and be um, sport involved. But I think as time has gone on, I've really enjoyed the intricacies of how a team works. Um, so yeah, on what role that would be going forward, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, that, actually I was going to ask, I was going to throw in just one more thing there. With uh, When it comes to retirement, and I appreciate that's a long way off for you still, but... Have you thought what what the long term might look like? Do you have any sort of business um, aspirations? Um, I do.
2: I feel like I'd keep them a bit, a bit secret before I get anywhere near. Because I feel like once you say it, it's a bit like, oh, I don't know. Because like, like you said, I feel so far away from it. Yeah. But mm. I do feel like I'd struggle to step away from a, a competitive environment or certainly a cutthroat business a bit like, racing is or sport is in general. So yeah, from that side, uh, I've, I've noticed in myself that I don't want to lose that element of my, I love that part of my life. Um, waking up every morning, feeling so
0: motivated yeah. that that's something I really like. Well, if you've got a business idea, Tom Blonkvis is looking to invest. So, um, <laughs> I'd hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> we had him on the last show and he said in his spare time he likes to invest in things. Why have, so, why have we not
1: tapped him up yet? We need, we need the yeah, money. tap him up. Send him, send him a deck and yeah. uh, see what he says. Yeah, I will. Why well, don't
2: I <laughs> see his logo in the corner? Like, I'll, yeah.
0: I'll no. go, yeah. yeah. That, this was the sponsor read. So just we want to say thanks to Tom Blomfist <laughs> and everybody at the Blomfist <laughs> Association. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, final question for you though, Alex. Um, what are you scared of? I am scared of not maximising... <laughs>
2: Everything that I have mm. I think that is like a, a bit yeah to, to sort of half on from what I said earlier I think I really want to maximise the career I've been given and the chances I've been given um, so in the immediate future I wouldn't say it's uh, I think yeah, i probably scared of not maximising the season I've got ahead of me and yeah. it's something I really feel very motivated to make sure I nail it actually
0: that's, that's yeah. about it <laughs> yeah well we're so so excited to see how you get on um, this season with Mahindra full season under your belt as well and with a great you know big team now as you say in these new cars it's going to look absolutely amazing um, and it's great to have another Essex lad on the show really? as well so uh, Alex Flynn thank you so much for coming on to the Motormouth podcast cheers Alex thanks so much guys it's been really fun before you go one final reminder to check out the team at Grid Rival the place to be for the 2021 motorsport season if you think you really know your F1 and MotoGP fancy yourself and making a bit of extra cash setting up your own or joining a fantasy league and making sure you have the best driver lineups for each race, all whilst getting access to the best motorsport content and chatting to like-minded fans, then Grid Rival is the place for you. Leagues go live at the end of February, so make sure you're at the front of the queue by getting notified as soon as they're ready by heading over to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your selected app store and get prepped for a brand new season of motorsport with Grid Rival. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth Podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at motormouth under Instagram at motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search motormouth. You can also download the motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review and until next time, you've been listening to the Motor Mouth Podcast.